welcome to the Will Podcast. We're here to entertain and inform a bit while talking about Digimon. I'm Mark Run with the Will. I'm Mayor Oliver, Digimon System Restorer. DevQ, and I'm Admin on Wikimon. And it's our 100th episode, and we have no show to talk about because that's amazing timing for lining up. It but, picked a very convenient week to. I know take a, that a night off. Yeah, and we have a special guest this week who can go ahead and introduce themselves. I am more Digimon than you will ever meet in an entire lifetime. <laughs> yes, we have Mr. Derek Stephen Prince with us, who the voice of far too many Digimon characters. It just putting together the list of just the main characters took a good few minutes. So for people who know the voice but not the name, we'll go through the main characters, but not everyone, because we only have an hour or so. So <laughs> you started off as Demi Devimon on Adventure, correct? I believe your mic cut out right there. Try again. Uh, yes. Okay, yes, there we correct. go. Yeah, and then Piedmon, who... Very... Actually, no. Oh. Before uh, Piedmon was Digitamamon. Ah, yes. Oh, yeah. The, the Eggman himself. I always the Eggman himself. That, that's, a, that, that's why you should have the Wikimon article pulled up. No, the Wikimon article removed a bunch of the voices <laughs> the other day right after we announced we were having him. <laughs> oh, did they really? Yes, and oh, then I an, have to taser whoever did and that. And then an, and then another what? article had a, and then another article had a voice that was wrong because oh. it said you were um, Mojimon in episode nine, and that's far before Demi Devimon ever showed up, and I'm pretty sure that was the first voice you did for the show. Yeah, I don't even recall Mojimon. Uh, he, he'd be like the um, uh, not s- Snowman, um, no. the Yeti. Yeah, he's the a Yeti. Yeti. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, I believe that was, well, I could be wrong, but I believe that was Michael Sorich. I think so. I don't even it, remember if he talked. For, with that, in, in that in that time period of the show, guessing Michael Sorich is always a pretty safe. Yes. Like, you're probably yeah. going to be 50-50 just <laughs> taking a stab in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, after Adventure, Zero Twos were like, you kind of are half the cast, almost. So yeah, uh, yeah. Your Vemon and, and all of his natural evolutions. You weren't yes. the armor ones, as I recall. No. And probably most people would know you as Ken Slash the Digimon Emperor. Correct. Yeah. And then you you keep getting like the most like Hamers, your Impmon and Beelzemon, which mm-hmm. everyone loves those. Everyone the everyone hears the Joe Pesci Impmon, I think, and just Loves it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then in Frontier, you only played, well, as far as main characters go, villains, I believe, for Frontier. Yes. Um, Grumblemon. Typecasting. Grumblemon. And, <laughs> and Dinosmon. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you came back for Fusion as Jeremy, get going back to not quite a Kenish role, but a very bubbly, energetic character. Yes. And then last year, we all got the fun surprise of you coming back as Vimon and Ken in Kazuna. Right. Also in uh, Fusion, I believe it was 
technically called season because the first yeah. part of Fusion was season seven. Is that right? I think well, everyone's <laughs> given up on numbering yeah, because we, of how we, confusing we it's gotten. Maybe it was six. In, in but anyway, yeah. yeah. The the first the second part of Fusion, I also played Zayolzaman. Yeah. And then just and we didn't even get into the secondary characters because there's just too many of oh, them. Yeah. yeah like yeah, I yeah. think in Fusion, I think it's ten or twelve characters, maybe. I it's some cartoonish yes. number. Yes. Yeah. So you have a very long association with Digimon and fans are always very happy to hear from you. Yeah. So I guess if people prior to Digimon, I guess where did you start off acting? What what started that for you? Like just acting in general? Well, what made you de- what made you decide that was not not even voice acting just that acting yeah. was the type of thing you wanted to try out to learn to I I don't out. know that I I really had another option. Well, I did. I mean, I had tons of options, but I mean, as far back as I can remember, just like ever since I was like eight or nine years old, even probably before then, um, I'd always been doing stuff as, as far as acting goes, mostly on stage or stage stuff. Um, and, um, a lot of that I, I can contribute to probably mostly my dad but my mom as well because they were both performers um stage performers and my great uncle uh was an inspiration as well um i i only met him a couple of times because he was much older than i was but he was the very first actor to portray pinocchio on stage um back in the 1920s uh during the great depression and um, that was always an inspiration to me. Um, my grandmother and my great aunts were also an inspiration to me as well um, because they were all performers. I, I have a lot of entertainers in, in, on my dad's side of the family that just all kind of helped pave the way. And um, I, I think it just because of all of the stuff that I – that I was affected by as a kid, it just, you know, kind of came naturally to me when I started doing it myself. And I mean, I, I, the, the first thing I remember ever doing as a, as a quote unquote actor, if you can even call me that back then when I was like eight or nine years old was writing a one, pretty much a one man show, but there were other, you know, miscellaneous characters in there, but it was, it was like for the school play, for a Christmas performance and it was like whatever, what happened to the missing Rudolph or something like that. And of course I was Rudolph, you know, and I, and I wrote it and, and started it. And it was, it was, that that's probably the very, very first thing that I can ever remember doing. Um, uh, when I grew up, my dad, uh, uh, introduced me to a lot of, Actors, like character actors from the 40s and 50s, like Humphrey Bogart and Peter Lorre and James Cagney and uh, uh, Sidney Greenstreet. And I mean, you know, the list goes on and on and on and on. And at a very early age, I, I started, you know, listening to how some of those actors spoke and, you know, their use of language. And I, I think that 
eventually just helped me later on, especially when it came to the first season of Digimon, because um, three characters were all based on real people. You know, um, the, the De- Demi Devimon, not so much. Uh, he was more of just like, you know, a little jokester New Yorker type of person. Um, but I mean, if you look at Digitamamon, that's, you know, a, a cut of Peter Laurie and um, <clears throat> uh, Piedmon was a direct, you know, replica of uh, um, Frankenfurter from Rocky Horror Picture Show. Um, and I, I, it, it was, I never thought of myself as a voice actor necessarily. I mean, you know, cause I always, I, when I went, uh, in high school as well as in college, you know, my main thing was musical theater and that's what I graduated with a BFA from Carnegie Mellon. And, um, but it, it, you know, uh, it's, always, it's just always been inherently a part of my my lifeblood, so to speak. Um, and voice acting just happened to come about because, uh, when I was here in California and things were not going quite the way that I thought they would, because I, the representation that I had at the time wasn't really pushing me to be in a bunch of stuff that I had started getting into. I I started going on this upscale for on camera acting. I was in, you know, ER and say by the bell, the new class and a couple of other things and some movies and stuff. And, and then it just kind of just went, it just went crash. And that was primarily because my agent got out of the business and, uh, I didn't know what to do at that point. And so I started, you know, taking some classes just so that I could, uh, keep relevant with what was going on around me. And, uh, those classes that I took, which I was able to take, thank goodness at the time for free, uh, from the screen actors guild. And one of the classes that I took was introduction to voiceover and Bob Bergen was, uh, the teacher on it. Um, if any of you guys don't know who Bob Bergen is, he's the current, uh, actor for Porky Pig and Tweety Bird for the Warner brothers Looney Tunes. So, um, yeah. And, and, um, so the, that was the very first voiceover class that I took from Bob. And he introduced me to some other people who I took classes from as well. Sue Blue and Charlie Adler and um, goodness, just a whole bunch of people. And then, you know, it came point, it came time for, you know, me to kind of take my wings and fly. And uh, my very first job that I ever got, uh, which eventually led to Digimon, was um, Power Rangers Zio, I think, was my very first voiceover job. Yeah, I believe so. Although I think most people probably know you as Elgar, actually. Most know me as Elgar, yeah. Yeah. Which was the season after that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Zio is where I got my start as... Um, uh, I can't remember the characters that I did in that, but I don't um, remember the so mon- I don't remember the <laughs> monsters, Ulrich but I think I think you played Oric. Yeah, Oric the Conqueror. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That that was an interesting guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you mentioned Bob Bergen. I, it it's amazing how often he comes up in stories from actors about him popping up to 
just show people the way almost. Yeah. 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 And you move from Power Rangers to Digimon with uh, Demi Devmon. My understanding is this, you didn't even try out. No, I did. I auditioned for both seasons one and seasons oh, two. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, season one was mostly smaller stuff. With season two, did they originally intend for you to have two large roles, or did that just sort of no. accidentally happen? Uh, it very much was not what they were thinking of doing. Um, what happened was because they knew me as a character actor, because of some other shows that I had worked on with them prior to Digimon, um, they immediately thought of me for Vimon and that I was kind of like, that was my shoe in, so to speak. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, we're going to give it to you probably, but we need to, you to audition just because you have to audition for it. Cause I, um, because of the, the rules and regulations with the union and all that stuff. And, and that was pretty much it. I mean, you know, I, I came early. I looked at the sides that were on the table. I saw Vimon. I read it. You know, I went over it a couple of times, so I know exactly what I was going to do. And then I saw some of the other characters that were there. And the two characters, the two other characters that I had in my hand, besides Vimon, were Davis and the Digimon Emperor. And during that time, uh, per SAG regulations, you had 15 minutes to be able to audition. And whatever you do in that time frame is your time, you know, so if you want to, like, try something a different way, um, then you could do that. And I only did Vimon one way, and they just fell in love with it, and they said, oh, we don't need to hear anything else. That's great. Um, thank you very much. You know, we'll, we'll let you know. And I was almost out the door. I, I think I, I don't remember exactly what happened, but I think my hand was like almost on the doorknob or something. And I stopped myself because I had these two other sides of my hand. And me being the very self-conscious actor that I was at the time, it's like, do I do this? Do I do this? Do I not do this? And it's like, and I came back to the microphone, which they weren't expecting. And I go, hey, guys, um, you know, I've, I've got these two other sides in my hand, and I was hoping that maybe I might be able to audition for these other characters, too. And they go, oh, oh, uh, well, um, we, you know, we don't have much time. We've only got maybe about, you know, seven minutes left. Um, what were you thinking of doing? I was going, well, you know, I've, I've got the Davis and I've got uh, the Digimon Emperor. And they go, oh. Well, um, you know, we were kind of looking at, you know, some other people for, for those roles. And I'm going, yeah, I, I get it. I get it. But, you know, um, I'd, I'd really like to have a shot at it if it's okay. And they go, well, you're probably not going to be able to audition for both. So you're going to have to pick one. And so I thought, you know, mm, all right. Well, I didn't resonate as much with Davis as I did with the Digimon Emperor. So I you know, put the, the sides for Davis down and I was looking at the Digimon Emperor and I go, okay, well, um, I think I would like to audition for the Digimon Emperor. And I kid you not on the other side of the pane of glass, which you could only, you know, hear what people are saying if they actually push the talk button on their microphones while they're talking to you. Right. Otherwise you can't hear what they're saying. You can only see what they're doing. Yeah. And, um, 
as soon as I said that, I kid you not, it's like, it was almost like dead silence. <laughs> and then there was like, without them pushing the talk button, you could see them physically laughing. Like, you've got to be kidding me. That's an interesting um, reaction to see. Right. And it's like, thanks for making me feel even more comfortable with the choice that I just made to audition for you. Um, and so they go, well, okay. Um, let's see what you got. And with that, you know, it was still my time and I, and I, I, I just, you know, turned off whatever negative stuff was going on inside of my head and I took a second and took a deep breath and then I just started. And um, I think the, the clips that they had for the audition was from the very first episode, um, from the second episode where he's, uh, where he's talking. Was it the second episode where he captures the kids and is talking to Davis and Vimon? I yeah, don't remember. Episode. Yeah, I don't even. I, yeah. I don't remember either. But it, there was there was a clip from that, and then there was another clip, um, so that you can see like these different sides of the Digimon Emperor. And I, I think what they were initially looking for was somebody who was already established, who they knew could be a good bad guy, because there was a lot riding on this character's shoulders. Um. What they weren't expecting, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> was me. And as soon as I was done with the audition, I kid you not, almost the exact same thing happened. But this time when there was dead silence, it was like deer in headlights looks. <laughs> like, what did I just witness? And uh, whoever had the microphone pushed the talk back and goes... Um. Uh, oh, wow. Um. Okay. Um. That 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 was unexpected. Thank you very much. Um. Yeah. Okay. We'll be in touch. And that was it. Um. And that that's that's the only reason why I got both. <laughs> Because I just decided to, you know, throw it out there, throw it out there. Yeah. Just go for it. When, yeah. when you got that, when you auditioned for Ken, did you either you or the directors have any inkling of where the direction of that character was going to go because Not it was primarily the emperor no. at the time? And, and that's a great question. Um, at that time, my understanding, if I'm remembering this correctly, is that when, because they got... Um, episodes by real, like tape real, you know, um, they had to ship them from Japan to America. And I believe they could only ship so many episodes at a time. So I think the only thing that they had, and nobody ever did research, you know, I mean, it's like, okay, we got a show. Great. Fantastic. You know, but I think the, the most episodes that they had at any one given time was maybe six or seven episodes and that's it. So nobody knew the arc of the whole story. 
they, suppose- they just knew they all the all they knew is that they knew that this kid was appearing in every single episode and he was not nice. He was like a bad, bad kid. And it's like, we got to get somebody good for this. And I suppose and they it's did. also... <laughs> like we need the perfect puppy kicker. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I suppose it's also worth pointing out that at the time, the turnaround between oh, episodes crazy. airing in Japan and English was extremely fast for Zero Two. Yeah, I believe by the end they weren't even two months apart. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the first episode was April in Japan, August in yeah. U.S. Yeah. Yeah. Which is that when you think about it at that time period, that was amazing. Yeah, that was pretty much unheard of at the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was, and that was waiting like sometimes years for series to eight. come over yeah. and be localized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And were they Crazy. still editing on tape then? Well, I'm sorry. Were they still editing on tape then? Oh, very much so. Very much so. Yes. Wow. Yes, yes, yes. This was before beeps, y'all. I forgot that beeps didn't exist, actually. (laughs) Yeah, this was actually what happened during the middle of this series is when beeps actually started. Huh. I did not know that. So the beginning of the series, there were no beeps. And then we got introduced to beeps in the middle of the series. I was like, what? What is this? What am I doing? What? What is going on? Wow, that that's how does that system work? That, that I know it's supposed to help, but did that throw you off at all? Oh yeah, totally. It's like why is why do I have these things in my ears? What is this thing? This beeping? I don't get this. It's crazy. Wow, well, that's the great into actually wondering if there's any functional acting differences for you between seasons. That they, that they actually introduced beeps in the middle of it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Huh. I mean, I, I could be completely wrong in my recollection. You know, it may have not started until Tamers, but I believe it started in season two. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. <laughs> um, but we did definitely have some weird stuff happen in that season that was not expected. Uh, whether, you know, whether it whether the introduction of the beeps happened or not. And that was in the middle of the series, there was actually a flood in Saban's building. And it forced them to have to go outside of the studio that we normally recorded in and record um, part of the series in, in another facility, which was very unfamiliar, very not home-like. It was really awkward. Um, we were working with people we didn't know. And it was just, it, 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 it was kind of like trying to put on a suit that didn't really fit you. Huh. Yeah, it just kind of throws off your rhythm. It Don't... did. It did. Um, huh. But by the same token... It's interesting when you look back on it, because had that not happened, I don't know that we would have gotten where we had gotten to in the one episode in the desert. That may not have happened the way that it did had we not had those outside layers that were kind of affecting us. Because I was so annoyed. (laughs) 
you know, with what I was dealing with. And it's like we were we were dealing with this one episode and I was uncomfortable, which I, I think helped in the uncomfortableness of the whole episode itself when he realizes, you know, how bad he was and that he needs to try and figure things out by himself. And, um, of course, you know, Wormmon and all that. And, 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 um, I kid you not like what you guys heard in that episode was only recorded once for that. Huh. particular. That is that, amazing. That may have just, that, that may have just explained a longstanding thing that no one ever had an answer to. Um, yeah, there, there was no huh. way the second time. Yeah. And even uh, if we did, I wouldn't have been able to recreate what you actually heard. And that wasn't me acting. That was me like crying as Ken when, when everything, you know, got destroyed. That may actually explain the mystery of the one episode where a few actors were randomly swapped out and no one knows why. Mm -hmm. Huh? It's possible. And so how did that compare with, uh, and, and we, we even, we as fans don't actually know if there was any functional change for you guys when towards the end of Tamers, the beginning of Frontier, when Saban went away and it became sensation animation, were there changes for you as an actor or was it just the same building and they changed the door or did everything change from your perspective? Yeah, no, we, we changed we changed locations for Frontier. We weren't that. We weren't in Saban anymore. Yeah, that's um, yeah. We had moved everything over to Burbank at that point. I don't know if that's when Studiopolis started taking over or not. I don't remember. Like if they had something to do with that other studio. Yeah, I. I, I, I don't think we know. I think we know. The name on the door was Sensation Animation, but I don't think it's ever been at least clear to us if it was like a real company, if it was just a name on a door for mm. someone else doing it. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Yeah, and then, um, so Frontier had you just playing villains, which was a bit different. Or, I mean, Adventure, you... Digitalmon was kind of a nice guy, more or less, but Frontier, Actually, you're mostly... Before you get into before yeah, sure. you get into Frontier, I wanted to stick with Zero Two for a second, because sure. I did want to have you talk about uh, Vmon for a second, because I did <laughs> know that the that, that trademark lisp of Vmon wasn't just arbitrary. No. Like, that was something that you kind of developed based on his appearance. Yes. Yeah. So when, when I saw the copy for Vmon, um, and I didn't know very much about the character, but I saw, you know, what the character looked like. And I noticed that, um, you know, the, the bit, well, <laughs> the big things about him were his head was almost <laughs> the same size of his body. Um, that, you know, he had the, the fangs and that's all that he had. And his, his mouth and, and a tongue. And I think the picture that I saw of him was like him smiling. So you could see his fangs and, and his mouth and how wide it is and all that stuff. And it was, it was a very conscious choice that I made, but it was also a very, uh, I didn't want to necessarily be, you know, with the network in a, in a way where it's like they would take offense to what I was doing. I wasn't trying to make fun of people who had a speech impediment. Um, 
So I tried to tone it down in such a way where you could tell that obviously, depending on which words that he used, that, you know, certain words just came out a certain way because that's how his mouth is. And that was just a thing. And I, I think that because I thought outside of the box in that respect, because I, I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I don't remember, but I think, you know, I wasn't the only actor there. There were some other actors that were there as well that were just kind of walking through the halls and just kind of practicing their characters and stuff. And I think there were a couple of other people that were auditioning for Vimon as well. There had to have been. Um, but I noticed that nobody was really taking that that particular thing into account. And I said, okay, well, then, you know, that's what I'm going to focus on and make sure that I get that apart. And I, I think with just the the dialogue that they were able to lift from, you know, the episodes that they had and the fact that he is supposed to be a leader in terms of Digimon and and that he's just energetic all the time, you know, like he's on caffeine, um, that you combine all of those. And I don't know. It's just like everything just kind of like fit together after what I thought about. And yeah, so that the lit, the un the lisp, which was intentional, but not to the point where it would make fun of people was very much, you know, uh, a thing that I, that I added which I think is what kind of just helped me get in, you know? Yeah. And it adds so much that sort of those sort of little vocal ticks is what really makes, you know, dubbing so much fun, especially with the, uh, yeah. with the Digimon characters. Yeah. 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 yeah it makes and, the character more memorable. Yeah. It does. And I'm not trying to toot my horn or anything, but I mean, I, I've, I've been a part of fan groups that, you know, have talked about different Digimon and, ones that they remember and even though i i would agree that you know he doesn't have the best evolutions per se in terms of what he becomes eventually i think as as the rookie digimon that he is when he's in his natural state um was probably one of the more memorable digimon from all the from all the seasons i i i I think i think everyone I think nowadays almost any form of Vmon's considered like a very high interest to everyone. Really, the Imperial Imperial Dramon yeah. is one of the more popular Digimon yeah. on the roster currently. You, yeah. you you have to think about this, guys, and and yeah. I know it's hard to with everything that we are used to seeing nowadays, but I gotta say, damn, like the graphics that they introduced in that season once he digivolved into Pyodramon and Imperial Dramon, that's like, that was not like just commonplace stuff that was happening. No, that was very rare. Pyodramon was always one of my favorite sequences. Yeah, Yeah, and that sequence is still considered quite memorable. Fans actually voted for it high enough that it got a card in the new card game where they just literally, they they just took a frame from the show and slapped it on the card and that's what people Mm. wanted from it. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And we don't want to forget about poor Impmon. Impmon, yeah. <laughs> everyone loves Impmon, but it feels like there's everyone everyone recognizes the voice for Impmon. And yes. Very Joe much Pesci. on purpose. Yeah. Very much on purpose. Yeah. 
There was no hiding that. Yeah. <laughs> it was just a slap. Like, this is Joe Pesci. You guys are watching Joe Pesci in a purple <laughs> uh, Digimon, you know, body. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's Gremlin yeah. Joe Pesci. <laughs> yeah. And and I don't remember how he ended up because I just don't have the voice in my head, but I believe Beelzemon started as Stallone. Uh, yes. So the story <laughs> the story behind that is in Digimon Rumble Arena, which was the game that preceded Digimon Tamers. As far as recording goes, whether it came out before Tamers, I don't know. I, I didn't follow that. But as far as recording goes, right, what had happened was in that season, I was not asked to audition. Uh, Mary Elizabeth, who was the established director at that point, and I think Paul DeFranco, who was also uh, the voice casting director, um, they just decided it's like, hey, we got we got this one Digimon that we think you'd be right for. Do you want to do it going? Sure. So I already knew for both of those characters, you know, there was Impmon and then there was Beelzemon for Impmon. We, we just went with Joe Pesci and, um, for Beelzemon in, in the rumble arena version. Um, I said to Mary, it's like, you know what? The way that this character is described and the way he kind of comes off as like a badass character, you know, why don't we do just like a version of like Rocky? And she goes, oh, my God, that's amazing. Do it. So we did it and we recorded it that way. And now it comes time for the season. And, um, you know, the, whenever a season starts recording um, after they've after they've gotten all of the uh, you guys still there. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Sorry, I, I dropped um, a I dropped a picture of that uh, <laughs> card in um, the chat. You can oh, look cool. at that later. So once once the season, um, anytime a, a season starts recording after they've already done the pre production stuff, and now we're into you know laying down the tracks and all that stuff, they had to post it on Hollywood Reporter. Um, it's it was just a thing that they had to do at that time, and so the stuff comes out. And of course, uh, I think it was Paramount who's responsible for the Rocky franchise. I can't remember. Um, it was either Paramount or yeah, it, it was either Paramount or, or some other studio. But anyway, so the studio catches wind of it. This is only what I was told. I don't know the entire story. This is what I remember being told by Mary is that. So the studio calls Fox and studio says, so we understand that you guys are starting this uh, new series, Digimon Tamers, uh, which has some of the characters from uh, the game that you guys did for Rumble Arena. Uh, we're going to have to request that Sylvester Stallone does not appear in Tamers. <laughs> <laughs> and they're going, what? Uh, yeah, it's like Sylvester Stallone has a, has a uh, you know, eight picture deal. Uh, for Rocky or whatever, however many it is, you know, and it's like, uh, we cannot have him being associated with, uh, the Digimon franchise. So I'm sorry, you're going to have to get somebody else to do the character. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. and, and of course, you know, uh, the, the studio is just kind of listening to them as they're going off on this little frantic rant of theirs. And they're going, um, I'm sorry, 
but Sylvester Stallone is not, nor ever has been, in the series. <laughs> that was Derek Stephen Prince. And, and they said, oh, well, in that case, I'm sorry, but you're going to have to choose a different voice for the character. <laughs> uh, oh, my. That's Little how the... it started. And so I had to evolve the voice from Rocky, Sylvester Stallone, into what he then became, which was more of just like this hard rocking Digimon guy that, you know, from uh, New York. Or not even, I don't think, I, 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 you guys are going to have to remind me because I, I'm watching the show currently, but we're only on episode 12 now. Um, did Beelzeman have a New Yorkish voice? I no? don't, I don't have any memory of his voice, to be honest. I just always remember Impmon whenever I think of the character. Yeah. Also, but I really I, hope they don't find out that Data Squad has a boxing episode with a trainer named Rocky in it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and Mon's a large favorite among fans. Beelzemon also. I just don't have any memory of the voice. It yeah, it's just always Joe Pesci. Huh. Yeah, and it's and I, and later on when Impmon gets some pretty dramatic scenes, is it difficult to you know pretty put your acting into to channel your acting through a Joe Pesci impersonation? I think the voice is just. Uh, and if you ask any voice actor this, you know, obviously, first and foremost, we are actors. The voice just happens to be what we're channeling right? Uh, for for you guys to be able to, you know, catch a glimpse of, of that particular actor. I think with any good actor, um, it, the voice is not necessarily uh, a hindrance. It's an act. It's a... Uh, What's the right word for it? It's an attribute that just goes along with whatever that character happens to be going through at the time. Um, and they just happen to have that particular voice, you know, that goes along with it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I never really. Yeah. And, and, and to be honest with you, I mean, I, I don't remember a, a great majority of of Tamers. Um, I remember, you know, little pieces here and there. And as we're watching it and going through it, um, things are kind of coming back to me. I'm going, oh, yeah, I kind of remember doing that. Um, well, it has been like a solid 20 years. At the it end. has been. It's been a solid And Imman is also very much kind of in his own world in Tamers. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's kind of an a-hole, too. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and that's a great segue into Grumblemon, who <laughs> is kind of a little jerk. It works for him, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Grumblemon, in case, I don't know how many of you guys would know this particular uh, character actor, but um, Jimmy Durante. That is Jimmy um, Durante. Okay. Yeah. Oh, totally oh, the nose. Jimmy. The nose. Yep. Yes. And it was it was the nose that kind of made me think of that yeah to be honest i don't think i've ever actually seen jimmy durante uh, anything jimmy durante's been in but i've heard so many impressions of him yeah that he well, is kind of what? associated i mean fun fact um lion king uh uh Timon, no, wait wait who is who is the warthog pumba uh, uh pumba. pumba that was jimmy durante 
Oh, really? I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then it's an impersonation, but yeah. 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 I mean, it, yeah. it's a spin yeah. on Jimmy Durante, but you know. Yeah. I can yeah. remember that actor's name, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I hear it. I can hear that. Yeah. It was a uh, Nathan. Was a Nathan Lane? No, no that, that was, was, he was. No, that was Timon. Was... I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I only remember that because I watched the Birdcage a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and then Dinosmon is one of the rare villains in Digimon who kind of just got to beat up on the good guys just over and over. I do, and and I don't remember Dinosmon at all. I don't remember like, like in Jesse my and James. Like in my head, I don't remember his voice. I just remember him just always showing up and beating them up, and then like he's just bye. really loud. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. He, he's just really loud and antagonistic. Yeah, mm. and and then a few years later, you got to come back as Ken and Impmon for when they went back to do the other movies. Yep. Which by that point it was all Studiopolis and right. Just interesting to see the characters come back and sound the same and have the energy behind them. Yeah. Yeah, and Ipmon had his little moments and had some neat moments. And then you vanished for a bit, and then you came back as Jeremy in Fusion, which everyone was very excited about that one. But uh, were they? For you to come back. Oh, yeah, people were very happy with to. The cat. Uh, some of the cast was very new. Some of the cast was very old. There were a number of returning actors, yourself included. That people were very happy just to see the name be list be there again. Oh, yeah. Well, that's cool. That's good to hear. Yeah, and you also came back for the game that was done in the middle of that, where you played Vimon again. Yes, that was that was fun. That was yeah. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And then All Star All uh, All Star Rumble, All-Star I Rumble? believe it was All Star yeah. Rumble, yeah. Yeah. And then things went quiet with Digimon with you for a while and <laughs> although you did pop you did pop up at that convention panel they recorded, which everyone mm-hmm. always gets and then when they announced the cast of Kizuna last year, you were one of the people who came back as Canon Vimon and everyone was very excited about that. Yeah. yeah, and, yeah, and well, I guess the question is, is in the sense of someone like Ken for that, how does it how does it play different when you don't have the evil stuff to springboard off anymore and they redesigned him to kind of be nicer looking, I guess would be the way to put it? Mm-hmm. Does mm-hmm. that change Very anything for you? Yuppie. Um, no, I, I mean, the... The the great thing about season two was that because I got to spend so much time with the character and his evolution, his evolution, um, you know, where he wound up towards the end, um, I mean, just kind of segued into it because, you know, they're all in college, so to speak, or at least close to being in college, um, and obviously, you know, a few years have passed since since that season. But as far as him uh, being more, you know, of a team and relying on friends and uh, trying to figure things out, you know, he he uh, he still had, you know, the smarts and uh, was kind of like a detective in a way, so to speak. Um so it was cool. I mean, I, I, I wish 
I understand where they were going with that particular movie. It was not about the season two kids, but obviously the fans wanted to make sure that, you know, the, the storytellers wanted to make sure that the fans had a chance to see both, you know, the season one and the season two yeah. kids. Um, but obviously we all know, I mean, that, that story is much more about Matt and Ty than yeah. anything and their friendship and, mm-hmm. and things coming to an end and, you know, things happen the way that they did, but having those kids as kind of like a backup support system, uh, I think was, was, was something the fans had been looking for, especially during the try movies, which they didn't get. Um, and, um, at least this time, you know, it was like a way for them to kind of reconnect with the characters that they grown up with. And I, it it really wasn't that hard of a transition. I mean, um, the writing was still very good. Um, the, the patter between him and Davis, um, and, uh, you know, so it was, it was great. And, and this, and this was what, what I liked about this, which was cool is that when, when I, um, when we recorded that, which I can't remember when that was, but it was right before the pandemic hit. So we, uh, for a couple of years now uh, on my, on my Twitch channel, we'd been watching with the fans all of the seasons as they come up for their 20th anniversary. So I was already very much aware because we had just finished with season one, right? Did you, did you mind adventure one? And then we go into last year when we did the recording for the movie. And it's like, I, I was kind of a fan in a way only because I thought Matt was one of the cooler kids, you know, uh, everybody else did as well, but it's like, oh my god, I actually get to talk to Matt in the movie. This is amazing because they never talked at all in the series. Yeah, oh, it, you're right. I don't think yeah, they ever did. I, not once. No. No. I think they just stood time. generally in the same room at some yes. point in time. Right. I mean, they but, but having a conversation, you know, and and having it be you know, kind of a, a little bit in a, in the way helping the story along never happened. And it's like, Oh my God, this is great. I get to uh, talk about. <laughs> yeah. And before we hop into some quick questions that were sent in and also from the chat thought I'd go ahead and ask to myself. Sure. I guess, I guess the first one is, is uh, when looking stuff up, I found an old interview with you when you mentioned that at the time you would most wish you'd been able to play Mummy Mon if you're able to pick someone you hadn't played. <laughs> is, 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 is that still, would that still be the answer now? Or is there someone different that you wish you would have been able to play? In season one? Uh, any season. Anything. Yeah, anything. I, I, I'm, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Yes. My answer would definitely change now. Um, I understand the reasoning behind it, but it still doesn't make it okay when they started Zero's Wars and they went in a different direction for casting when Beelzeman came back. Ah, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. That, okay. Yeah. That one makes sense. That yeah. is the only character I know of where on purpose not on accident, not because like something happened and an actor couldn't make it. So they had to replace, you know, a couple of lines with another actor that had to step in. I'm talking about completely different actors, three different seasons, same character. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dave, for some reason that never quite crossed my mind at the time. I I'm trying to think if Tom Fawn showed up in Data Squad at all because he wasn't Agumon there. Actually, I don't even remember yeah. if he showed up there at no, all. No, I I don't think so. Huh. Yeah, Kyle, 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 I think took over. Yeah. In, in Zero's Wars, and, um, and no, not for not for no? Beelzebub. Beelzebub, I think, in Cross Wars was uh, Matt Mercer actually. Oh, was it Matt? Yeah. So, so we have to be really careful about uh, criticizing oh, too much, or we'll get yeah, it, it was. Oh, no, 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 I'm not. I'm not criticizing <laughs> at all. I remember I just, uh, Kyle was uh, Beelzebub in the Data Squad game. I think. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. I but think then Beelzebub also came back in in Fusion, if I yeah. understand. Correctly. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I, I think yeah. that, I think AR is right, and that was Matt Mercer. I that think. was Matt Mercer, yeah. And Cross yeah. Wars and Fusion are the same thing. Just and I love yeah. both of those actors. I have nothing against yeah. them. I I never well, we know we their know. versions yeah. of Beals so I have nothing against their performances either. I just don't understand why they did what they did. Yeah, it, 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 it's hard to get into that without knowing the number of people who probably had some fused decision. It, it's hard to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And I guess on top of that, I guess, how does it feel that Digimon just kind of keeps popping back up every few years and do, and that fans seem to want you to keep coming back in it? Uh, I, I consider that to be one of the most awesome things that I've ever heard. Um, actually, you're the first person that's actually said that. So, um, oh, it, it, it comes it's, up a lot. It, it, yeah. it, it is. And it's, it was such a cool feeling, you know, watching Fusion for the first time to have you and Colleen O'Shaughnessy and Melissa Fawn and just having some familiar voices yeah. in that new series was just really fun to hear. It's like, oh, damn, it's them. It's them. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's our old friends coming back. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I, who knows what's going to happen? Um, I mean, there. I've I've heard rumors whether they're actually going to be come true or not. I don't know. Um, but, you know, um, obviously there there's an I think an equal number of fans who love as well as not like um the the reboot um for a one um but you know who knows yeah and then with the small bit of time left we'll go through some of the questions people tossed in and you can just answer them at will yeah uh, someone wants to know when you f- this is kind of close to what I had said, but I guess a bit different. Do you keep an eye on Digimon stuff, or do you mostly hear about it when a fan, when fans go, oh, Ken's popping up in the new movie? I, I hear about it from fans. Okay. Uh, specifically, <laughs> I won't mention names, but I specifically hear about it from fans who watch out for me. <laughs> <laughs> like, before I even knew about the movie. It's like, um, you do know this is coming up and your character's in it. And what are you doing about it? Uh, <laughs> um, it's like, well, <laughs> yeah. I don't have That's control over casting, but <laughs> basically how Joshua said ended up in try. Yes. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Kim want to know what's been your greatest obstacle as an actor that you've been able to overcome. Just as an actor in general. Yes. Hmm. My greatest obstacle as an actor. Uh, 
boy, oh boy, oh boy. Um, that I'm good. <laughs> no, I mean, seriously. no, that no, no, no. I, I 100% understand that. Yeah. I, I've always been extremely self-conscious as an actor. Um, yeah. and you know, it's, it's like even watching some of the stuff that I'm watching with the fans now, it's like, Oh my God, I can't believe I actually did that. That's really good. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, and, and I don't, I don't know where, where that comes from or why that is so ingrained in me as a person. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm more, I'm definitely tons more confident than I was when I first started 25 years ago, but you know, um, still to this day, it's like, you know, there's so many other things that are constantly, um, present, like, you know, the amount of voice actors that are out there now who actually can record something at their fingertips in their closet and, you know, <laughs> get a job for by offering less money than than what we as established actors are are asking for as well as you know not even getting a glimpse of a potential project because they already have a name person in mind that they're going to hire for it so it's like we don't even have a chance um and it's just become more and more prevalent um as the years have gone on how I wouldn't say dwindling the work is, but you know, it's just that much more competition. Yeah. And then golden fate wants to know that in Digimon, you've played a lot of heroes and villains, which is more fun for you. Hmm. <sighs> I, I'm going to kind of answer that in a roundabout way, but straightforward way. I, I think the the two characters that have always stuck out with me the most um, throughout my entire Digimon career franchise have been characters that uh, you can't pinpoint um, because of their backstories. So characters like Ken, Digimon Emperor, characters like Impmon um, that have this backstory to them and it's like you want to hate them, but you love them at the same time, depending on which part of the story that you're in. Yeah. And the, for an actor, um, that's just so rewarding to be able to bring that kind of character to life and, 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 you know, have the fans latch on to that type of character, uh, not only because of the way it was written, but because what is what I was able to bring to the character with the help of Mary, uh, who directed me in, in both of those. So, and actually regarding Ken, uh, Ian had asked, when you do panels, you introduce your characters as Digimon Emperor. And he was wondering if that was something you purposely did. And if so, he was kind of curious why based on Ken's overall growth and how he kind of sheds that and, attempts to get past it that's it that's an interesting question um i think whenever i've been at conventions i always introduce it as digimon emperor first and foremost because even though he does become better 
in the second half of the season. The stuff that he did was just so bad. Yeah. In the beginning of the series, that's what people remember the most. Like the dog kicking. <laughs> yeah, that's one that everyone remembers. You know, it's like you don't forget stuff like that. And especially no. when you're, I can only imagine for the fans when they were watching this for the first time and, you know, sitting in front of their television sets, waiting for the next episode to come up. And then it's like you see stuff like what the Digimon Emperor did. And it's like, you would never think of doing that as a kid, but this kid did it and he got away with it. And he, nobody's stopping him. And it's like, you know, but it's like at the same time, wow, that's cool. I admit it was really cool, and when I was 12 years old, I kind of borrowed my great-grandmother's uh, whip that she got on a uh-huh. uh, tourist trip from Spain and tried to use it. <laughs> yeah, for a role model to the children everywhere. Uh, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And so th- I, I think that's yeah. I think that's why it's I mean you know I, I they're both it's the same person but yeah. I just think that you know more memorable I guess is the way to put it much more memorable yeah is, also it's is who the, you were cast is the bad stuff that he did than the good stuff that he did yeah and that then, in much better fashion sense <laughs> yes yes he has a cape yeah. yeah and then multiple people said in some variation of do you have any merchandise of your Digimon characters. Oh yeah, totally, totally. Okay, so um, on my Facebook fan page, which uh, is, is this is going to sound redundant, but I did it intentionally. So it's DSPS DSNPS, literally. We'll throw so a link to that up. We'll, we'll DSP, throw a link to that up in the notes. Yeah, DSPS. So Derek Stephen Prince. And then a small S and then DSNPS. Uh, I forget what the DSNPS stands for, but it's something like uh, dedication, signature, uh, dedication, signatures and products. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. 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 So anyway, um, on there, um, there, I, I, and for each season I've commissioned a different artist, um, for the characters that I specifically did in that season for the 20th anniversary. So you can get a, a print of, you know, the, the three characters from season one, uh, all the, the variations of Vmon plus, you know, Ken and the Digimon Emperor from season two. And then for season three, uh, Impmon and Beelzemon. Shut up and take my money. <laughs> I mean, that's not hard to take your money, though, Dev. And they're really, really good. I'm, I'm very proud of, of the work that, that came out of all three of those different yeah. uh, prints. Okay, and then just two left. Uh, Kona Koneko want to know what has been your favorite fan interaction. My favorite fan interaction. Ooh. Wow. I mean, there's been so many. Um, You've been at this for a while. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, mag- the magic answer is whichever one any fan out there remembers. I, I think one that really sticks with me. Um, and it's kind of an ongoing thing. It, it's, it's one of those fan interactions that hasn't stopped yet. Um, 
because of the friendship that I developed with this particular person. Um, but I met this person a couple of years ago and they were going through a transition, um, gender, uh, you know, in terms of being gender fluid and transitioning from one gender to the other. And, um, I, I, I don't remember who contacted who first. I, th I think they may have contacted me first. Uh, I, I guess it's okay to say he now. Um, he contacted me first. And, um, uh, you know, we, we just started talking about just uh, everything, uh, voiceover-wise, and, and stuff that uh, he in particular really liked. And I had the opportunity to meet him um, a couple of years ago when we were still doing conventions and, um, he was still transitioning at that point in time, but, uh, because of my interaction with him, as well as one of my dearest friends who thank goodness is also now getting, uh, an operation, uh, Aubrey Allen, who I met a few years back, um, and who's, was very big in the convention circuit for the, the Midwest, uh, and part of the East coast. Um, I did a, uh, a, a particular, uh, special show on my Twitch channel, uh, which I used to do, uh, called chill talk and taco Tuesdays. And, uh, Aubrey and I were talking about it and we were talking about, you know, the, the challenges that she was going through in becoming who she was. And Joey, um, I, I begged Joey to be a part of that because it's like you, you can't stop whatever, you know, whatever you believe in, uh, don't let the people just, you know, bring you down. It's like there is a way for you to get this done. Maybe Aubrey can give you some ideas. And Aubrey and Joey became friends, which was amazing, and um, helping each other out. And Joey, Joey finally got an operation, so now he's great, and I love him. Um uh, just, just because of the person that he is and his heart and his spirit. Um, but you know, it, it was one of those things that it's like, had I not done the stuff that I had done and had both of those individuals not seen the stuff that I had in, would all three of us have had ever connected or not? I don't know. But the fact that we did was just amazing. Um, in, in the simple fact that, you know, something that I was able to help outside of my acting career, just in terms of helping somebody become who they are, was was just I, I, it's it's mind blowing. I'm, you know, and and I continue to speak with Joey on a regular basis, and just so happy for him, so happy for him. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that, that's a that's a good one. And that's the end of our 100th episode, because internet cut out, so we had to end a bit earlier than we planned. We only had one or two questions left for Derek Stephen Prince, and we wanted to thank him for being on the episode. You guys can find him at twitch.tv slash thedigimonprince, where he streams episodes, talks with fans, and does all that fun stuff. AR can be found at Digimon System Restore, where he does his episode reviews, which will continue next week. And Dev can be found at Wikimon, while I can be found at With the Will, as always. Sorry we had to end a minute or two early, but these things happen. We hope you enjoyed our 100th 
episode special with Mr. Derek Stephen Prince, who's done far too many Digimon voices for us to go over. We were quite happy to have him on, and we hope you guys have a good night. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.